This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Home again, home again, jiggity jig. My wife and I have returned from a 10-day long trek of exploration at the behest and planning of our 11-year-old granddaughter. We are offering our 10-year-old grandchildren a trip to any state in the lower 48 with us. Our granddaughter, now 11 because of the delay from COVID, chose to explore Pennsylvania. She had traveled across it with her dad when taking our older granddaughter to grad school in New York and thought the state was beautiful. We flew to Philadelphia and then traversed southern Pennsylvania, crossing to Pittsburgh to fly back home. After Philadelphia, it became clear that our granddaughter was right. Pennsylvania is beautiful. One of our most favorite days was on the Amish farms in Lancaster County. Friends of our family who farm near York planned the day for us. We got the buggy ride and a meal with an Amish farm family. They do not farm how we do, but they get it done. Amish farms are by and away idyllic, looking like oil paintings. The typical Amish farm is a dairy farm with 50 or fewer cows and 70 acres, split between corn, soybeans, alfalfa, barley, double crop to soybeans, and tobacco as their cash crop. The crop condition there was excellent. They prosper because they work together and are creatively industrious. I love the homemade beef jerky and peaches were in season. The Amish essentially branded themselves in marketing. They were making hay, which brought back memories of my early days on the farm. I was the guy who put the square bales from the rack onto the elevator into the barn. Now to the markets. Technically, I see five-wave declines having completed in corn and soybeans at recent lows. Five-wave moves typically finish something important. These are bull markets which have cleaned themselves up. In particular, I am bullish soybeans. I see an irregular ABC correction having formed in November soybeans from the March high to the recent low. What I expect, at the very least, large to retracement rallies in corn and wheat. I think the potential for new highs exists in soybeans. I still think that the crop insurance guaranteed price deviation study target for $17.16 for November soybeans is in play. Upside chart gaps left Monday at 589.5 in December corn and 13.58 and a quarter in November soybeans will be the likely support area on a correction, providing entry for new longs if tested. If the market now moves to trap shorts, there will be little correction. Fundamentally, there are some good crops in the heart of the corn belt, but they are not made. Here in northwest Iowa, we got through the heat with a prior couple good rains, but in the 10 days of extreme heat that followed, we got three rains each two one-hundredths of an inch for six one-hundredths total. Cooler temperatures have delivered a breather sustained by subsoil moisture reserves, but if the heat comes back as forecast next week, our crop condition will go south, and the odds of yields matching last year would go with it. Market bears seem to think that there's one to two bushel per acre yield risk for U.S. corn off of the 177 bushel per acre USDA yield. I think that we have gotten spoiled by crop-saving August weather in recent years, and this August, the weather may be the opposite. The 90-day SOI is still 13.29, solid La Nina. As to corn, too much weight is being given to the heart of the corn belt, carrying the day for the average yield. Typically, peripheral states individually do not drag down the national average yield, but this year the collective subtraction could do so. Harvest acreage will be shrunk by the expansive drought, so the subtraction in production will occur in both yield and acreage. 
I see the corn carryover shrinking to the billion bushel pipeline supply level. We are going to have to do this all over again and grow a big crop next year to meet demand. There's also been contention over old crop corn stocks. Why is the basis so strong if there is so much more corn out there than a year ago? USDA said that there was 22% more corn on farms than a year ago. We have not been able to confirm with our clients that it exists or has our basis. Now $1.60 over Chicago reflected it. This crop went in later, adding to the old crop demand coverage window. I do not believe that the Odessa-Ukraine grain export corridor is going to amount to anything. It is all window dressing for Putin, a deflection intended to open a market for his wheat and fertilizer, while he manipulates global perception over his culpability for famine. Grain stuck on ships this long will be crap. Storage losses on land will be high as well. The winter wheat harvest is near complete and U.S. wheat is now priced to sell again. Sources tell us that USDA is understating Chinese soybean imports by a couple million metric ton. U.S. crust capacity is expanding with fantastic margins. And with negative August weather, the entire 230 million bushel USDA projected soybean carryover is at risk. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. 